The views and opinions expressed on Hellcast are solely those of the individuals and not of Hell's Headbangers or its sponsors. If you feel that your pussy is hurting you, please consult your local gynecologist or local drugstore for tampoons, the clot maker. is Hellcast. I am Reaper. Greetings, I am Eddie Satan. Welcome to another establishment as Eddie just fucked it all up. I pulled the headphone out of the connection, so there's the door. I'm Reaper, and welcome to Hellcast. And I am Eddie Satan. Welcome to Mark from Empatigo will be joining us later, and uh, that will be cool. <laughs> We've also got something very special today, wouldn't you say, Reaper? <laughs> yes. <laughs> very we got some special. cool fan mail, and, uh, you know, we went... We indirectly, got Yeah, indirectly. <laughs> we, we, we did something with it, and it worked out pretty well. So, uh, yeah, that's stick around for that's that. That's something you've never heard before on Hellcast, I can guarantee it. Now I sound like uh, one of those dick face teasers. Like, yeah. Coming up, the weather, that might kill you. Uh, yeah, yeah, coming up on 12 Hellcast. things in your sink that can cause yeah. you to die. That's so I don't Tune do in that, for but. that really shitty band that you did not want to hear. <laughs> yeah. Or the cool fucking... Thing we got coming up. Yeah, no, we got something really cool, but that's like what everyone else is like on their stupid ass podcast. Dude, I listen to some podcasts, like just to even see what we have to go against. And this sounds very arrogant, but they suck. Yeah, you prick. <laughs> what? I said, yeah, you prick. Yeah, you prick. Well, you're a part of it, so too, oh, you got a right. fucking prick, too. Well, actually, you don't I, have a prick. You're a fucking. I have a fucking elephant trunk's what I got, bitch. Yeah, that's what you got going on there. Anyway. Yeah, so Mark from Empatago will be joining in later. I've talked to Mark. Mark for quite a while, actually. Never really had the pleasure of interviewing him. So I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, kind of segueing, though. 
And Bataga was a pretty classic band, and people have been relating to them for a lot, a lot recently, too. And, you know, that's kind of the thing about classic stuff is that people seem to really when it's a classic band, they really seem to only care about the classic stuff. And as Tony Pitaro from Whiplash had said when I asked him about how he would go over to like Europe and stuff and they would only want to hear like the classic stuff and not like the next, like the last six albums that they did, he said, you know, it's like it's bittersweet. And I can kind of see that because, you know, they it, it's cool that when you're like a kid or something that you wrote that stuff and all and they they really are digging that and they want to hear it, you know, twenty some odd years later. But at the same time, you know, you kinda want to live past it and be excited over fresh material. And I can see that. And it's, it's that law of primacy, you know, the first thing you hear um as a kid maybe it catches your ear, and that's what that's what you want to hear. And also, right. the classic stuff is classic for a reason. I mean, that was the original passion, and we've covered it many times on the show. Yeah. It's, it's understandable, but... Right. You know, and a band will interact for a few years, and people kind of forget, you know? They, they don't know about newer stuff. Like, for example, Venom's a really good example, in fact. Yeah. When they put out Possessed, everyone was, like, really disappointed, and a lot of people lost track after that. Yeah. But like and like, Kronos left the band. Abaddon left. Mantis left, and they like they they joined, they rejoined, they left, and blah 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 blah. But then they did a reunion album, Cast in Stone, and like I ran across that recently. Someone that would you would think that would even know that happened was like, "What's this album? That can't be good." And I was like, "That's fucking great." I Is love that it. me you're referring to? No, it's not you at all. A lot of people lose track of that, and that's a great record. It but I, I I could see why because they let you down, so you're just like. Pfft. Why would I even give a shit? And then you don't even pay attention. Like, not even that, like, you heard, hey, Venom's doing a reunion album, and I don't give a fuck. It's like, no, you didn't even hear that because you weren't paying attention to him anymore. Right. Yeah, and that's what happened to me. And then you actually told me about it, and I listened to it and bought it and loved it. Yeah, and, and honestly, though, when there's like a reunion, it usually mostly sucks. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've talked about that before. One of the ones that I really like was the, the self titled Candle Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 we, you and I have talked about it. I guess you, you don't care care for the sound or production of it. I, it, well, it gets great. a little. I, it, it's one of those albums that really gets me. I love it. It's fucking. Well, it, it's like when you listen to it, it, it's almost like the the sound on it is so uh, continuous. Like it's just the same thing the whole time. That it's just kind of like wow, guys. Like the songs start to blend because the sound is just the same. There isn't like it, anything. It's probably different. that modern recording that we've talked about where it's just kind of big and that there's the, the dynamics, but I, I think it's very Yeah, but modern schmodern, man. You can do a lot I, of things of with that, and you, it's just all about how you mix it. But, you know, in the in event that it doesn't sucks, it, it, it seems that it kind of attracts a second era to a band. Yes. And I think that Candle Mass might be one of them. I mean... Celtic Frost was definitely one because, like, who the fuck gave a shit about I Won't Dance or Cherry Orchards and shit? Right. And all of a sudden, they put out that, like, gothic album. What was it? Monotheist? The one that sounded more like Trypticon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, all of a sudden, everyone had a massive erection over the band again and just like, uh, really? It, yeah, <laughs> you're right. It sounded more like Trypticon than, uh, like, into um, Megatherion. Yeah, or- yeah, exactly. 
and I like we're even like autopsy. I mean, they didn't exactly have a second era, but they were as strong as ever. And that and that's where bands could go too. Sometimes they'll throw you a curveball, and you know, you you kind of get swept under. But you know, you get swept under the radar with bands that gain a fan base that they never had or deserved. That's the one that really gets me. Yeah. And not I have to rip- correct myself though. I I said into Megatherion, into the Pandemonium and Megatherion. Anyway. Oh, I got you. I was too mega. I am very, yeah, not smart sometimes. So no, not at all. No, (laughs) but yeah, sometimes they'll have a second era of the band, but other times it will just be a completely new introduction to the band. Like it was totally overlooked, and I think Witchcross was one of them. And that's why I have to say, kids, don't insult those bootlegs. Because as I talked to Mike. When we did the interview, or I did the interview, rather, yes, I brought up the bootleg CD, and that was, it got me into the band, it got other people into the band, and it seemed like that's what created a hype. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, you might not like it because you're not getting shit, but people don't realize the value of the band sometimes, and it, some, it, a lot of times it works out for them. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting that, you know, a band could come back from the dead, didn't have anything, and all of a sudden is feeling something because that was something... That that is popular for that time, and all of a sudden, someone did something unofficial, and then, poosh, and here yeah. they are, living in the prosperity of something that was unofficial, now gone official. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's not just stuff that's unofficial that that happens with, obviously, as in, you know, Candlemas went through so many, I just brought them up, so many changes over the years. I think that's kind of why I lost track. I just bought... Um, I forget which album it was, um, and it it's, it was just weird. It was real spacey, and not that heavy original doomy Candlemas that I like. And then the self titled one I thought was was very heavy and very cool. Right, and, and it, it is well. And speaking of that Candlemas, because yeah, they had the classic lineup, and the Messiah left the band. Then they had like a weird singer, and like people just lost track. And all of a sudden, they put out another album with their classic lineup, and it's like. To me, and I don't really know because I wasn't really following it, thus kind of this conversation, but it was like, yeah, it kind of got swept under the radar because people didn't know. Because why would they, they they stopped caring, you know? Yeah. They were putting out records, so they weren't paying attention to know that he was back. And it's it just, it's kind of interesting because then, but you'll have like a resurgence of kids that, that they'll know that and then they'll go backward and and so on and so forth so it's just kind of weird but you know as you mentioned as we mentioned celtic frost here's some deadly frost
Joining me on the phone, I have Mark from Empatigo. Mark, it is a great pleasure to have you on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for uh, letting me take part in the show here. It's really cool, man. Uh, not a problem. I think a lot of people will be interested to hear you know, all about Empatigo. I, I don't know if it's really ever done really a phone interview or anything in the likes in the past, so it'd be definitely really cool to dig into yeah, your brain. Yeah, it's been a, been a long time. 
it's good to keep it going, you know? A little bit of a typical question to start things off, but uh, starting with the beginning of the band, you know, you had grown up in an area outside of the Chicago area, and uh, how difficult at the time was it to put together a band, especially with not having the internet, especially one like Empatigo? Yeah, we were, you know, downstate Illinois band, so we were a good two, three hours from Chicago. Um, I just kind of met Steve-O by chance because a guy that lived in our dorm had went to this other dorm for some kind of uh, dorm meeting. This was at Illinois State University, and they had a newsletter, and there was a column in there by somebody called the Zoid, and it turned out to be Steve-O. He was writing music reviews in it. So I got a hold of him, went over there, met him, so we become fast friends, and of course we were both into... He was coming kind of from the punk side, I was coming from the metal side, and then we were swapping tapes and listening to what he had and vice versa so we became good friends and we're doing our started doing our zines together he had a zine i had a zine and he lived in another city he was playing in some bands they eventually kind of broke up and then he decided he's like hey you know we should start a band together and i i've never played in a band or anything but i'm like all right i'm willing to try it but finding a drummer of course is always the hardest so we knew naked hippie a punk band from town and dan was our drummer we kind of knew we were friends with so we asked him if he wanted to get in on it and kind of took off from there we took some of steve-o's previous band songs which is called his band was called sergeant rock and basically converted them took the music but changed the lyrics except i think my lie was the only one that we brought over pretty much directly from that band and in two weeks we played our first show and then the rest we just kept going so that it came kind of started from punk, like Dan was a drummer for a punk band, you said? Right. Dan's uh, band, Naked Hippie, was a hardcore band, and they did a self-recorded album, but they didn't really know anybody else in town. But first we thought he might just be temporary, and then we liked him so much, and he yelled good with us, and it's not really easy in that area to find especially drummers. So he was down for it, and we just kept him and kept going. And then later on we added uh, Scott, who was my roommate at the time in college, and he became the second guitar player right along, but for about two years we were like a three-piece. And was Scott more from a metal background or a punk background? I would say more metal. He was more kind of a, when he met me, he kind of started getting into metal more and more, and I actually I actually taught him to play, and then he kind of took lessons and all that and stuff and progressed beyond me. He hadn't really played until he met me, and I happened to have my guitar around and so we were just good friends, and we're like, hey, you know, add a second guitarist because it gives you a little more power, especially when you're playing live, better sound. So it was easy to just ask him if he wanted to join, and then he was in the band until we split up in 93. And, and the sound of the band, like mostly with the vocals, is definitely unlike most, and especially for that time. How exactly did you discover the sound of the band? Um, I guess we kind of started, if you listen to All We Need Is Cheese or whatever, I mean, it's definitely more of a... Um, a punk side. I mean, at that time, when we first started the band, we were really heavy into, like, Cryptic Slaughter and Vermont and Accused and bands like that. But, of course, I mean, before that, we loved Venom and Hellhammer and all those kind of things. But I suppose being a newer band, your material is a little bit simpler and the scene in our area was more punk than metal. So if you listen to it, I would consider our early music kind of fast hardcore, but there's some thrash elements in there. Um, after that... As the scene, actually, I mean, bands like Carcass and Napalm Death weren't really out at those times. They were just coming out, so as the scene got heavier, we kind of went in that direction. As far as um, Steve-O's vocals, I mean, I don't know really where he <laughs> came up with his style, but yeah, they're definitely different, definitely original. They don't sound like anybody else. I'd say our drumming and our vocals are kind of what made us a little bit different at that time. Yeah, absolutely. What, what was your first 
take when you first heard steve-o sing like did he make any mention about like hey i'm gonna try this or was it just like one day showed up and he started singing like that um, well, I, had, I had seen sergeant rock perform several times when they did some gigs which is the band that he came from before that so i kind of knew what he sounded like but i mean i think he kind of as our sound got more extreme that just pushed him to go even more weird or more different if you want to say it just trying to <laughs> kind of vocalize I guess a, the kind of horror things that we were starting to get into and he was kind of trying to almost bring it to life kind of like a movie sound you know and especially horror movies that's uh, had a lot of uh, influence definitely lyrically on the band how exactly did you use it outside of just lyrically too like did it, it help influence like the vocal styles to sound sick and all that it obviously played a pretty big role on your uh, music right right at the same I mean I'd been a big horror movie fan for a long time and Steve-O the same way so I mean at the time we were tape trading and doing our zines we were also you know doing video trading collecting horror movies you know scouring all the video stores in town back when you used to have the mom and pop VHS stores and just kind of building our horror collections at the same time we were building the band so it's kind of like you know, we're watching this movie we hear this sample or his lyrics weren't always directly about the movie but they were like based on like Wizard of Gore I mean doesn't really describe the movie to a T but it's definitely inspired by it I guess you'd say they're more inspired by movies instead of directly based on the movie but it was definitely something that we were feeding on heavily at the time especially when Horror the Zombies came out it's a much darker record and a lot of the songs are very influenced by horror movies where Ultimo is a little bit more all over the place because you got our old songs and our new songs kind of mixed together and, and mentioning Horror of the Zombies from from the first album to the second album uh, Horror of the Zombies there's like there's kind of a change between the sound uh, was that a, an intentional change or was that kind of natural I'd say kind of a natural progression I mean we were the, the landscape of the scene was changing a lot at that time because you had a lot of your uh, you know the bigger earache bands everybody putting out their first albums and death metal I guess was kind of exploding along with grindcore so it was just for us naturally to get darker and get heavier and we were getting more and more into the horror movies and more underground horror so I think for us it just felt like a natural progression a lot of the songs on Ultimo were from the very you know a lot of them were the very first songs we played when we started practicing so it's kind of I think if you listen to Red Wigglers you can tell a difference versus like My Lie or something like that there's a little more to the song a little more metal element in it and, and most bands are that are consistently active kind of have a problem maintaining a lineup and it's usually you know commendable when they do maintain the same lineup for an extended amount of years however in the case of empatigo the discography and pace of the band was just as consistent as it was inconsistent with a period of time where you know you, you were active and then there was a period of time and then you're down but then every time coming back like you'd always say, it'd always be the same lineup, which I would think that would be even harder to maintain because you know if you're not in touch with one another, people's lives go in different directions, and you know you, you are out of touch with one another. How exactly were you able to stay with the same lineup for so many years? Well, when we were together, of course, for six years. I mean, other than adding Scott, the core of the band stayed the same. And in our area, for one, there's not a lot of opportunities. I mean, it's not like you're in Chicago where you got a lot of bands or people might be tempted to jump around or in a larger city. I mean, we're kind of in a, it wasn't like a small city, but a, a fairly good-sized city, but I don't know, just in the middle of the cornfield. So right. there's not a lot going on musically, especially a, 
a band that is actually like putting out albums. I mean, putting out albums back in 87 or 89, I guess when the first album came out, really wasn't as easy as it is now because you had only a handful of labels. And I mean, it was, other than Wild Rags, we had no offers. They were the only ones to even give us a chance. So to be where we were from, and of course we were all friends outside of the band. Me and Steve-O were best friends, and Dan was our friend, and Scott was my roommate. He was a guy I hung out around a lot, so we were all friends. And even after the band broke up in 93, I'd periodically hear from Dan or get in touch with Scott. And, of course, Steve-O and I were always in touch constantly. So even though we were broken up for so long, 14 years, before we got back together in 2007, we were basically in touch from time to time during all that time. The band never had any bad blood or there was nothing. When we broke up, it just kind of, we thought it had run its course and was almost becoming too big for us to handle. So there was never any bad blood or discrepancies between the members. So it was just kind of natural when we got it back together to try to pull all the original members back because... I mean, that's really what people want to see, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And especially if there's, you know, a magic between the band as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I couldn't, I mean, Imbitago really couldn't play without Steve-O. I mean, he's kind of the focal point, but I couldn't imagine doing it without Dan either. And I'm just real comfortable playing with Scott, so I really couldn't see it without any of us getting back together anyway. Now, is there a future for Empatigo, or is it pretty much done? Um, I'd say at this point it's probably pretty much done, but you can, you kind of learn to never say never. I mean, we have constantly getting offers all the time. It's um, a little bit of work to put it back together. We weren't a band that, you know, even when we were together, we were lucky if we played somewhere 30, 40 shows during that time. We weren't a band that, like, toured or were even able to practice a ton. So it's, it's kind of like almost starting from scratch when we did it in 2007. I mean, I had to go back and relearn all the songs and write everything down and give it to Scott. And we basically had to almost relearn it from scratch other than, you know, kind of what's in your head. Right. So it's, it's not like we can just say, oh, we want to do a show. It's take two months and practice up. We need Steve O'Leary in Kentucky, so... He only came to like two practices. A lot of times it was just me and Dan, and it just takes a while to get it back together and get it going. So if we're going to do something, you know, we'll have to start practicing. And I would think advance. I think we had about seven or eight months that we were working on it before we did that show, actually. And I would think that with uh, today's technology, that it would have been more likely you to do a new album as opposed to playing a show because it would be a lot easier, you know, exchanging through the internet riffs or whatnot than the, to meet up for a show. I mean, everyone's got to be there. So I was kind of surprised that that was the approach you took was to do a, a show. And I think it wasn't it just uh, the one show, too? Yeah, it was just the one show. And I, I think maybe, you know, a lot more. More people probably would have came to it, but I think a lot of people, especially in this day and age, when you see an old band do a show, that usually means they're going to do more. Nobody really seemed to... A lot of people wanted to come, but I think they thought, okay, they're doing the show, then there'll be another one and another one, but it was strictly a one-off show. I mean, it was right in our backyard, basically, you know, an hour from where we practiced, so it was easy for us to do and as far as that goes and i mean we wanted to do something i guess kind of back in our home area and we were able to get practicing maybe two a month is all so it wasn't really like we were practicing a lot because dan lives you know far from me and then Scott and dan live in the same town steve was in kentucky and then i'm different part of illinois so it was kind of hard for us and with our work schedules you know usually on a saturday a couple saturdays a month we were able to get together and pull it together but we're not the type of band or at least i'm not the type of player that can do things like through the internet i mean we're the type of band that kind of has to get in the room together and you know 
we wrote all our songs in the room together. I mean, Steve-O might come with a riff or something, but things always got hammered out with all of us in the room together. So I'm not, we never recorded our album in like parts, you know, we recorded live. Basically, we got in the room and we played the song live. It's the recordings that are on the album. It's not like we did drums one day and guitars, and the only thing we overdug were vocals and solos. Oh, really? Okay, that's pretty cool. And I guess I'm still kind of that way. I'm not like uh, what I would consider a highly proficient musician, so I always thought recording for us would probably take a lot more effort than doing the show. I guess to each their own, you know, it comes to different... Uh, right, it's kind of, I guess, looking at it the opposite, but I've already viewed, always viewed us as a band that we need to get in a room together and jam, and when we record, more than likely we would record as a band as opposed to doing, most bands do guitars one day, drums the next, and so on and so forth, but... I don't know, I just couldn't imagine, like, playing without the whole band playing, I guess. And now I, I'm aware that Steve-O has done a few different projects uh, recently. Um, how about yourself? Uh, are you gonna be, Are you working on anything, or just kind of... No, I'm just kind of going back, I guess, to where I kind of came from in the beginning, which was just a fan, you know? It's kind of the, the side I came from was being a fan, being a tape trader, a fanzine guy, and I probably would have never been in a band if Steve-O hadn't you know, already been in bands and wanted to start something that just kind of just like kind of fell into my lap at the right time. I've never really viewed myself as a musician per se because I never practice a lot I and mean, I couldn't play any song other than an title song, so <laughs> I mean, a lot of people want me to take part in something, but it's just hard for me to fathom, I guess, playing in something without Steve-O because it's the only group I've ever played in. So you kind of... So I'm kind of back to just being a fan and, <laughs> you know, contacting fans, going to shows, stuff like that. And what about uh, Scott and Dan? What are they doing these days? Um, I don't know if Scott plays. Scott, after Impetigo's played in lots of, um, I guess you'd call them kind of garage rock type bands. They even he haven't had a band that put out a 7-inch I don't know. Last when we were together, he wasn't really actively playing in those bands at, back in 2007, but I don't know if he still plays from time to time. Um, Dan, he doesn't really play. I mean, the last time he played was at the show we did. And Steve-O, he's done a lot of, I guess, it's basically vocal work because he does it at home on his computer. He doesn't play anything, but he's done the Tombstones Project, of course. And I know he's done some vocals for couple other groups on the track here or there so i think he might still be doing that because that's something he can do right in his own house doesn't have to go to the studio or anything which what you had talked about earlier today's technology makes it easier for something like that to get done and i think that's what he was doing some pretty long distance stuff uh, i forgot the name of what i think one was like tombstone or something or what am i yeah, tombstone is the band he did that was uh, they had the album out on razorback yes okay that's- and that's like all his vocals, and I know he's done some guest vocals on a couple other different bands, but yeah, it's kind of all around the world, and no. I'm sure he'll probably do some more of that stuff. And he had that doom metal band, uh, Church of Misery, which I guess um, they're planning to release that on Razorback, finally, the lost album from the early 90s. Yeah, after Impetago, or towards the last part of Impetago, he started a band, it was called Church of Misery, and then they changed their name to Insomnia, but they uh, did a demo, and then... Uh, some European label like sent him money to pay for half an album and then by the time they had it done the guy just fell off the face of the earth so got shelved it never got released so Razorback's working on doing that and putting a demo on there too so it's pretty cool stuff I and mean, it's traditional doom metal I guess you would call it he does his vocals and guitar on it full blown band he had uh, 
Brett Fugate was playing drums. It was a guy that uh, filled in for Dan at one of our Milwaukee Metal Fest shows and played in Angel Kill and some of those bands. Now, I had heard that uh, Steve-O is a preacher or some sort of religious uh, pastor. Or I, I don't know what it was. No, I mean, he just, goes, he just goes to church. I don't know if he's like a... I know he's Catholic, but I don't... He's not like a preacher or anything, but he's, I think, a pretty hardcore churchgoer. Is that a new occurrence, or has he always been that way? Um, it's probably in the last, you know, five, ten years, maybe. I mean, after the Impetigo days, I mean, he wasn't really going that I knew of back in those days, but... I couldn't and imagine. He's not, he's not, like, preachy about it or anything. I mean, he's still as much into metal and horror movies and all that stuff as he ever was. It seems like and, it, yeah. <laughs> and he's a big baseball fan, too, which I never knew he liked baseball, but he's, him and his family are really into baseball, do baseball trips and things like that. Oh, wow. I don't know, he was at, um, he went to Billy from Razorback, got married to somebody from Kentucky, so Steve-O went to his wedding and... He had some kind of Cubs thing on or something, so it was pretty interesting to see those pictures. And how about yourself? Not If you're not doing music, what have you been actively doing? Not too much. I mean, overseeing kind of, basically I'm overseeing, you know, these reissues and the different things that we've been doing with Impetigo. There's still you know, quite a bit of interest to do shirt designs, or and we pretty much reissued everything. And as far as the albums go, I mean, pretty much Razorback and for the CDs and Hell's Headbangers for the vinyl is... I don't think those editions can be topped anymore, and there's nothing else to come out. So we did the DVD a couple, a year ago, year and a half ago, which is something we had kind of wanted to do for such a long time. And I mean, putting that 2007 show on there really made it worthwhile. I get a lot of people that, you know, have never heard of us before, or new people, even in this day and age, new people discovering us all the time. So Yeah, that's really cool, man. I mean, it must be really flattering, too, to, you know, know so many years later that, and, and something that now just finding out that you hadn't even had, like, an intention to be in a band and just kind of find yourself to be in a band and to be one that people were you know demanding and all that and however many years what 20 some years later and that's got to be right when we started in the garage down there i mean we never our goal was to record an album we never imagined you know we'd have a couple albums and then who would have thought 20s 20 years later that people are still interested in it and still getting new listeners i mean it's kind of, I wouldn't say like a trend, but I mean, a lot of the younger kids in the scene want, are starting to express a lot more interest in the old bands, you know? Absolutely. Which is cool, because, I mean, you got to learn about the history of the, the scene, and it's just good. I mean, I'm glad I was able to take part in it when it was first coming out like that, because those are, you know, good times. And you mentioned a little bit earlier that you had done a, a magazine. Can you tell me a little bit about that magazine? Yeah, it was called Uniforce Magazine. I think I started it in like 86 or 87. I ended up doing seven issues. It was, uh, you know, back then a cut and paste, and hand layout, copy at Kinko's type magazine. I think the last two issues I actually had offset print, because I found some anarchist guy that did it really cheap out in Arizona or something, so I would send them out there. But I think I ended up doing about the last issue was a print run of around 500. But I mean, I interviewed tons of bands, and back then you got records from the labels all the time. And I mean, New Renaissance, like set up phone interviews with Corthon, and I'd call Tankard or Destruction, the labels would set up all that stuff. So 
there's definitely a labor of love. I mean, there's a, you lose money whenever you do a zine, but I just did it back then because, I mean, I was into the music so much, and there was a guy I met in town when I first got to college that was doing a fanzine, so I wrote a little bit in there, and then he's kind of losing interest in it, so just kind of started one of my own and did it out of my apartment when I was going to college. Now it seems like much like music too that you know reissuing old albums and all that and it's it as and they're also delving into like putting out books of old zines I think like like Nuclear War Now did the the Slayer zine would you take an offer if someone approached you to put out your magazine and, and do like a compilation of all Yeah all definitely the zines? I mean I, I still get asked about it a lot it's not really um I've copied some here or there for people but it's it's kind of when you're just going up and copying one off or two off I mean the copy prices are kind of expensive it's not really worth it for me print up batches of it if somebody wanted to compile it all together and put it out the only thing is that like some of I mean they're mostly what I have are original copies but I mean when you're copying a copy uh, prints not fantastic it wasn't the greatest on a couple issues so it's not like I have all the original cut and paste pages oh, created again so I mean when I've copied them for the most part they're readable and uh, they look pretty good and certain issues look better than others um, but yeah I mean there's a lot of people I still get asked about it all the time or people wanting copies and people still having their copies every now and then somebody throws a picture on Facebook of them holding an old issue of Uniforce or something that's pretty cool but I, I've seen home. some wonders uh, with you know today's technology bring back old photos and all that and they look spot on or even better than it ever looked so there's always a possibility it, it would be kind of cool and almost pointless if you think about it because it's old information but yet it's cool because especially if you're a younger person to read back what was going on at that time and to see what was a big what's a big band now at, at such a small level it's i think it's really cool to see that you know yeah it kind of gives you some insight into what you know they were thinking what they were doing back then and right there's a lot there's a lot of interest in that i think especially even for people that were there during that time i mean there's a issue called a nostalgia interest but right yeah that's that's the word i was looking for there's that kind of interest, and then there's the new people that just, I mean, you don't really, you see in, interviews, some of these bands are gone, and, you know, have never put out anything since then, so the only way to ever read any of their interviews is on the old zines, a couple of the bands are still going or have reformed and have new interviews, but some of them only existed in that time period, so I mean, it's the only thing you're going to be able to read on them. All right, well, before I let you go, Mark, uh, I was gonna, I'm was i going to play uh, Bitch, Death, Teenage Mucus Monster from Hell, and uh, I was hoping you could uh, delve into a little bit about that song, whether it be like a cool uh, memory you have of it or about the lyrics or anything, yeah, really. That's from the uh, Ultimo album, and if I uh, remember right, Steve-O had this kind of, uh, at that time, it was a trilogy he was working on. It was kind of about uh, centers around like a monster killing like uh, sorority and fraternity people and I think he had some that had something to do with like a pizza delivery and a trilogy I know we never wrote a trilogy we just wrote the one song but I think it's about uh, basically a monster killing uh, college frat boy partiers is what it's kind of about and uh, Steve-O created the whole uh, lab sequence at the beginning totally by himself I mean the guy in the studio had some canned laboratory effects but all the gurgling and stuff that's just all something steve-o came up with as sort of like a to make it kind of like a movie you know <laughs> a couple times cool. at some of the live shows he would say from the movie this or that so people over the years have asked me is there really a scabby man movie or is there really a bitch death teenage mucus monster from hell there's not but it's just something steve-o's having fun with
Impious Baptism, and that song was Axis of Lucifer. That's coming off their new album, Wrath of the Apex Predator, which is coming out on Hell's Headbangers. Uh, the CD will be released April 16th, and the vinyl will be coming soon after that in early May. So we got some fan mail. Well, Hell's Headbangers, rather. But it was forwarded on to us because, well, we are. The voice <laughs> is... Right. It's plural. Come on. Give me some fucking credit there. <laughs> Hail Satan. How are you? Oh, was that to me, you think? <laughs> we are two inmates. Big fans of Hell's Headbangers and all the music that you were involved with putting out. We like bands like Raven Cult, Pseudo God, Witch Cross. They're pretty cool. Kind of random. <laughs> it is kind of random, but like the others. You know. Yeah. Destroyer 666, Inquisition, Midnight. We have to be in satanic in prison to protect ourselves. So if they know we'd sing about death and Satan, we'd be better off. I would imagine so. I bet uh, it'd be a good way to, you know. We figure you could find some people that would be interested in making some of the music that we like. We are two talented guys with some lyrics already written. And we're looking to be recorded over the phone. If we could just sing to you and showcase our talent. We wrote to Deathgasm Records, but they were dick suckers. They didn't want to help out some true Satanists. Please don't be cocksuckers. We're big fans of Abscess, Deicide, Broken Hope. <laughs> I couldn't read that one. Uh, please send us a list of people that might want to work with us and help us out over the phone. We don't want money. We just want some dudes that you trust to write us about making music structures to go with our vocals and growls. Sincerely, the satanic duel. Wow. Well, and what's ironic is we've gotten, or I guess Hell's Headbangers has gotten uh, a couple of actual, more than one handwritten letter about oh, this stuff, right? Which is kind of cool. Nothing really to the like of this. But we can help them out, I think. So we wrote back, and it was kind of, I mean, this is kind of an old letter by now. And, you know, not too much of our surprise is, you know, you're corresponding with someone in prison through the old snail mail. It's going to take a little while. But it turns out we were talking to two fellows, Rufus and Manny. And it so happens to be we coordinate a time and a day, and here they are on the line. How you guys doing? Oh, uh, doing pretty good. Oh yeah, we're uh, we're good. About you know, in prison. How uh, you guys are able to get you know music brought to you and stuff and. Uh no, bunch of faggot shit. They don't let us look at fucking music and stuff. Can't even uh, really have the booklets either. That's well, we can look at magazines and stuff and. Hell's Headbangers were one-time printing catalogs, and we see cool stuff in there, but, um, yeah. Yeah, uh... So what, what exactly is your guy's objective? Oh, uh, brutal shit. Yeah, we, we want to, um, get, get, get our message out. Right. Uh, there's Headbangers in prison, and we're not bad oh and we're and we're pretty well aware of that well who, who am i talking to this is uh, Rufus, uh manny yeah so like 
That's me. Well, Rufus, Rufus, hang, hang on a sec. We'll, we'll oh, get to oh, you. Oh, right, yeah, so right, I didn't mean to interrupt right. you. We're, okay. we're gonna. Okay. We got some questions, so we'll, we'll work our. Uh, we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll work our way up to that. That's pretty good, though, man. That's. Yeah, it sounded pretty fucking sweet over the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the questions is probably on a lot of people's minds. What exactly are you guys in for? If you don't really mind us asking. Uh, it, it's, uh, um, like. It's kind of maybe hidden in our songs. Well, yeah, we're uh, well, we're, uh, we're in prison, so um, we really want people to think uh, we're bad, eh? But uh, um, you know, a um, bunch of faggots uh, out my there. My stuff's under Just appeal, so I can't really us. tell you. Okay, cool. Well, it. um, so guys, uh. Well, I, I I don't really know where to go with this. Um, I, I guess let's hear what you got. I mean, we kind of got a little bit of a snippet there a second ago. I got a question. Have you guys seen Shawshank Redemption? Do you guys get like work release and get to get out and maybe in that sort of situation get to listen to some music? If I don't know. So do you guys get to get out and uh, like do do um, work on the side of the road uh, and clean up trash or, or stuff like that? Get out of the, the I'm prison. Not trash. Uh, no. Well, no, not you. The garbage on the side of the road, like you actually get to do that in a in like a chain gang, if if that's what you guys call it in prison, like a work re- release program type thing. I don't like any of that shit. That's for fucking fucking faggots and gangs and shit. I, I like to go do that because some of the guards, um, th- th- they might uh, you know let us play right. some like Iron Maiden. Right. We call we call hey, like uh, some of that not so heavy stuff, but we like brutal shit like Waco Jesus. Yeah. With the bitches getting shit on on the cover. Fucking cool shit. I like fucking bitches in the ass. Yeah, is that so it's like cool to see and a lot of people think that think it's kind of weird because, like, if you eat like some chick's pussy or come on her face, that comes from the body too. <laughs> so I don't think it's any different to getting piss and shit on your face. Is that uh, is that partly why you're uh you're locked up or? So I think it's safe to say, Eddie, that they're probably in for some, or you guys, that you guys are in for something more of the sexual related. You you live the part of brutal death metal I, every day. Yeah, is that kind of what you like? Is it sort of like the Norwegian stuff? You guys actually right, maybe burn down right. churches or something like that? No faggot shit here. We're real deal. Well, right. What's the name of your band then? What, what are you guys called? Anal Ripper. Kind of brutal. <laughs> Anal ripper, and your, in your. It's kind of a. Uh, it's ironic. A, um, yeah, a little ironic. Is that from the, prison or from the pre-prison with the, the women, or is there a little bit of both? No there? faggot shit, just women. Uh, they don't always like it up the ass, but 
that's what we do. You know, it's a little ironic coming from two prison guys. I, I would hope that ne- you know, no, neither of you guys, if it's you know the true thing that we hear about prison and stuff. I've never been, but you know, you hear certain you just things. Have to like, so, um, no, nah, that's 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 cool, man. It's, it's, no, let's move on. It's getting this is getting way off topic. So let, let's so let's hear some of your stuff uh, then. Like we, you know, we, we, we we, you, really sounds like you guys live the part and probably got something really good here. So let's hear let's hear some of your music. Uh, so like, what do you got for us? I'm kind of confused how to go about this so you guys are looking for a band this is to- manny um yeah I, I can play guitar and bass um but they won't let me in prison right um so that's cool so what- does the lyrics i, I can do the m- music oh oh so you oh you just well okay right, right. Ooh, he kind of contributed but i start writing for a long time but uh Ride sometimes he'll hum some riffs while I do the vocals. Can you do it now? Can in if you know if uh, uh, Manny, if you want to hum along the guitar Ride. or Rufus, if you start to sing because you're looking for Ride. a band and they can get an, a gist up to hear it. I've right? got riff ideas. It might be good to play the riffs. Maybe someone could figure it out from the phone. But we just want to record the vocals when we get a yeah, band. I, so this, we can't have instruments. So okay. grown men doing this <laughs> is, is that what you guys got so far yeah actually, so that's pretty good man you got a pretty low vocal on there i i, I don't know if how the the music's gonna work out over uh, the phone well, especially but I, you know I, that's I, beside the I point gonna, you know uh, we hope somebody else can play the music because we can't have instruments in prison right man he can do some pretty cool high shrieks like Chris Barnes on the bleeding. Well, that's pretty. You guys got. Some, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, you guys got something going on. So, what? what do you have like a name for that song or whatever? Second one was a uh, 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 prison felt. Right. The other one was come shit fuck. It's brutal. I, I forgot that one. Well, guys, um, I mean, it was great to talk to you. Ho- well, hopefully that you know by the means through our podcast being out, it's worldwide and stuff. Hopefully it'll make worldwide. its way to people. And uh, you know, if there's any interest, we got uh, we got your phone numbers. We better communicate through the through our letters and uh, stuff so we'll we'll get in touch with you this is worldwide wow. yeah 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 so we'll see what we can do guys but uh cool. i hope that yeah, i hope you can say now guys. though yeah, yeah. cool thanks for taking time from your day right it's probably uh, a nice break for you huh um cool well, all right guys we'll we'll talk to you later yep. then thanks again guys uh, see ya uh, bye-bye uh, that was one of the most obscure phone calls i've ever had oh my gosh that was <laughs> that was awesome though i had to take it when i saw that rufus I, and uh, manny man they're the man 
<laughs> there's something <laughs> holy hell that i when i saw that i was like i gotta take advantage of this this is radio gold it was fantastic it turned cool out guys great. <laughs> but we got to know him on that. <laughs> but you know, it's it's something though to be that passionate about music and take it all the way to jail. <laughs> it, it is exactly to make your own. I mean, can you imagine not being able to listen to any CD or record you want at any time? Just how bad that must suck for those guys. Now, granted, we still don't know what they did. And maybe they were putting on a show. Yeah, we had a good idea though. <laughs> yeah, unless that was just you know a show. Maybe they. Yeah, true, but burned down a house on accident. I think it had something a little more perverse than that going Maybe. on. But Especially I, with Rufus. Rufy. Maybe he <laughs> roofied somebody. Yeah. You'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, it's funny because uh, the first thing that shows up on my list, you know, my girlfriend and I were, were just dicking around one day going down memory lane and we, st- we started fucking watching The Fox and the Hound. And this band is the fucking bunny and the bear. <laughs> and that sounds even worse than a Disney movie like that. I can what are only- they called? The Bunny and the Bear. You're right. And this song is Isle. And 
I have to say, I have not heard any of these bands. So this is all natural reaction. The Bunny the Bear. The Bunny... Oh, you're right. It's the Bunny the Bear, apparently. So here is the Bunny the Bear with Isle. That is awful. Yes. If you could see the video, listeners, the singer is wearing a rabbit mask head. No, it's a bunny. <laughs> oh, the bunny. Where's the bear? Is he wrestling somebody? Is that why he's... Oh, right. Yeah, he's wrestling Mikey. See, I don't quite understand what is going on here. You know, honestly, all the stuff that ends up in this segment, though, is the same bullshit. It, it's like a really bad version of corn. I, I love to read like people's comments, though, like... I didn't expect to hear a voice like that to come out of a bear. <laughs> That's kind of stupid. Well, where's the bear is what I'm asking. All right, well, let's play it some more. Ugh. All right. These look like a bunch of nerds. Yeah. See, that looks like a pig and a bear. Oh, it looks like a bunny and a pig. Wait, that was just a fat bass player. Sorry. I had to see the masks here. Hold on a second. The girl voice is coming from is the bear. Is that a girl? I it, it I don't see any girls not in the very, video. It sounds like it. It doesn't look like it. All this shit's the same, though. I mean, it's a bunch of nerds. One no, guy, no, like... I'm tired of hear, reviewing this shit. I mean, how can we do what the fuck if it's all this is the goddamn same thing? Next. So, this... <laughs> <laughs> so, the next one is uh, an actually... It's a submission, and I was going, I was getting caught up on my, my submissions. We have a lot of submissions, and I've actually got, like, you know, there's a lot of work to be prepared to load them in and all that stuff, and this one's from Indiztord. You know, the thing that gets me about bands like this, this is featuring, this well, song. So this is something somebody sent you as a submission in a good way. Right, and this is their hit track, Wish You Were Here, and a little bit about Distort. Distord. Is um, it's Swedish new metal song and not a new metal, but it's just a Swedish new metal song. Are they covering Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here? No, it's just featuring Lily and Susie and Ollie Ekman from Deal's Death. Oh, no, that guy's awesome. I've never heard of any of these bands, <laughs> nor have I. One can only suspect that. If it's on the What the Fuck segment in Hellcast, it's probably awesome. It's probably Why great. would I expect anything less than that? And I think that if Ollie Ekman's in it from Deal's Death, 
Dude, it's got to be I'm, awesome. I'm, it's got to be awesome. I have a hard on. I'm sporting some wood. I, yeah, I'm looking forward to felching after this. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because uh, that's kind of... We learned a new word today. Ugh, that's kind of gross. <laughs> I wish the listeners could see these two. That guy looks like um, Fabio. Well, he he looks like he was. He's actually in the metal music. But then you hear this song, and you're just like, what? I don't know, man. Right. So this Viking-looking dude, he's got gauntlets on, and he's in Deal's death. And I was going to give Deal's death a little bit more of a chance. But now that I've seen this video, they probably really suck. That's the thing. That is the, honestly, that is the collaborations of nowadays. This is just fucking annoying, actually. It, they get it. Go this ahead. Is, no, no, this is what's really fucking annoying. Honestly, they bring in some jackass you never fucking heard of and some really shitty band with a fucking dumbass name like Deal's Death. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? They're playing Texas Hold'em and he deals some death when he's playing. He holds some really deathly cards. I was actually it's frightened like, when what I heard a that fucking, What a fucking douche okay he looks like some viking dude that you would think that would be in metal but then you listen but to he's this bullshit pretty boy though when you he's kind of we're supposed to know who the hell ollie ekman is i never heard of him and i never heard of deal's death but anyway or so who that chick that, is yeah i never heard of her either so we go on to di- we're here distorted wish you were here we're thinking they're going to cover pink floyd because hey why would you name your song wish you were here or something well like hey we got this new hip fucking metal song called shoot to thrill it's gonna blow some minds. Or since it's Pink Floyd, I had a cashmere. Yeah, we got Which, another. We got a really fucking metal thrashing tune called Money. <laughs> or you know, well, I was saying because Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, same difference. You know what I mean? It's I. We got the joke a while dog, ago, yeah. but so distort. What is it? Distort. Distort. Maybe it's it's like a a, a play on words of distort. Anyway, so Diz Tord. Like Discord, Distort. See, Diz Tord features. Disturbed. Fe- Disturbed. <laughs> features different awesome freaking guest appearances. I looked more into this. And other than Ollie, this has Jake E. and Anthony Mills also doing another tune by Distord called Said and Done. But this is Distord. <laughs> Is that men nowadays? Is like, is that supposed to be a masculine thing to be like, I'm sorry, dude? Like, exactly. 
And, and, and I, I, oh, here I go. I'm getting on my fucking soapbox. Dude, starting in the 90s, when, and I've probably said this before, when that fucking grunge, heroined out douchebag music came out, guys lost their fucking balls as a whole because, you know, probably 90% of the fucking people out there can't fucking think on their own. I had friends or acquaintances, guys I knew, like in high school and college, that would listen to this stuff and they were such pussies. You know, they'd be like, oh, you know, man, I'm really sad because I was listening to, I don't know, Corn, who said something about killing themselves. <laughs> There's no ah, attitude in it. Like, you listen to, you were talking about ACDC a minute ago, like an ACDC song. They had attitude. They were yeah. going to kick your ass, you know. Where is and they that weren't like music? these big beefy men or something. Like they, they just had the attitude. And that's what it is. It's all about. Nothing has attitude. Instead, you have this skinny fucking boy that looks like the drug dealer from Breaking Bad. Even worse, that's, in fact. It, and he's like, Pinkman I'm looks sorry. awesome compared to that guy. Like, it's just, it's horrible. And I don't even know who the. F- and the, it, it, and the are the they aud- trying to but, get chicks with it? And the audacity of these people to put like this is how it reads: "Diz toured, said and done." Parentheses: Jake E and Anthony Mills. Who the fuck are they? I don't even know who they are. The official distort video of the new Swedish metal song said and done featuring Jake E, Amaranthe, and Anthony Mills. Who is that? Dude, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, Who is Distord, though? Like, is this supposed to be, like, something that's supposed to be, like... like every song, it's like that We Are The World shit. Every song is different well, people. Well, it's supposed to be, like, an all-star lineup. Like, that's how they're, like, pumping it up. And oh, I don't even shit. know who the fuck half of these people are. And honestly, after hearing it, I don't want to know. But you know the saddest part about that is? They submitted that to Hellcast. But like, hey, you need to play this on your podcast. They did? So, Distord... Sword guys, ladies, and whatever the fuck else is in that band, what the hell are you thinking? You know what? In America, we got these things called Q-tips. They're not recommended for your ears to clean them out. <laughs> but you take that motherfucker, put it in deep, and then get like this other shit that's like earwax removal tool. It's like this fucking little ball thing, and then you soak up some water, you spray it directly in your ear, you put your ear to the side, and then you shake it out, and like all this fucking disgusting earwax, the nastiest fucking crap comes out of your ear, and especially your fucking ear because I don't know how the hell you listen to this podcast and seen us do the segment of what the fuck and not think that you, by submitting this shitty-ass music with these fucking jackass people that I've never even heard of, wasn't going to make it to the goddamn segment. Distored. Get the fucking Q-tips. I was wondering where you're going with the Q-tip and the ear cleaner, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. So next one is Hack Vist. Oh, wait, Hack Vist. Hacked Vist. I never heard this, so let's check this out. It was recorded and mixed at All Core Studios in the UK because we've all heard of that. It's important. Yeah! Hack Vist! All right, the bald dude. All right, this is already promising. Oh, God. Of course. This is live. I don't know. Dude, that's another sign. I don't mean to sound racist, but whenever there's a black dude with a fucking straight visor hat, it's usually going to suck. Well, this is groovy. 
And whenever there's eight-string basses and eight-string guitars, that's usually a bad sign, too. Like, how is this even metal? Because <laughs> it has a distorted guitar? Honestly, I gotta ask. Uh, whoever sent this in, was this really deemed metal? Because it's that's like, sad if it was. Dude, it's like Masuga meets Faith No More meets, I don't know, something. I mean, I only say Masuga because of the guitars with the 57 strings on we may have been really more like more animated for the what the fuck segment in the past but honestly i just i'm the loss for words to say how much of like a douche or a jackass these people look because this shit's all the same and i appreciate people like getting pissed about this stuff but guys gals whoever sends this it we've already ripped on this like a zillion times it's the same fucking thing like we're done the balls and the motherfuckers in the ass and the bones like we've we've heard that what do we? What else do we need to say? It sucks, and you've heard it on the show, and you know that we think it sucks. So take it for that. And if you're like in Nowheresville, fucking Mississippi, and you, you can't relate to anything else, and you got to hear us rip on that shit, we'll listen to the last five episodes of us going, "This fucking sucks." They look like a bunch of fucking douches, and this is goddamn new metal bullshit. Odds are we'll keep doing it though. It, well, probably. <laughs> yeah, so, but and then here's another one. Still rise. Let's hear. Yeah, this still guys. rise. Now this is melodic death metal slash. Metal metal core and i gotta ask people or, no i'm just gonna tell you actually you know what core has become core is Bad. not a fucking uh a goddamn genre anymore what core is is honestly a very friendly mainstream way of saying this is crap and think about it let's just apply it right now so anytime you hear core just take minus the core word and just insert this is crap so hence right here it says this is metal it says metal core so it's metal this is crap or death core death this is crap or grind core as it is nowadays grind this is crap and it makes so much sense because anytime you insert that there and then you play press play you're going to hear this is crap i am very right so let's hear still rise i've never heard still rise before but this is angels never die and i can see by the cover that it has the iconic symbol of a freaking eagle or a bird of sorts some sort of hawk and some shitty looking photoshop drawing and a very photoshop looking computer composited is that like logo of still rise and a dance after apocalypse Ellipse. It uh, yes, it a very a pathetic scene. looking like just shitty like end of times, end maybe. of times movie of nowadays cover. One can only speculate that this is really gonna suck. Could be awesome. I guarantee this sucks. Oh my god. Well, we didn't get to hear the rest of Still Rise because an error occurred. Please try again later. And you know what? We're not going to. So <laughs> Still Rise, yeah, that sucked. 
So the next one that we have, Hell's Headbangers forwarded this to me, and Hell's Headbangers is a sponsor of this show. The sponsor of this show gives the chance to many underground acts for us to just play it and let the audience decide whether or not they like it. And yes, that explains why we might play some stuff that you might be like, what? But that is how it is because it's not exactly our position to judge. And Even though unless, we do, especially yeah, right but But it passes the metal test enough to say. So if Hell's Headbangers is forwarding this on, it obviously has to be of some sort of stature as far as shit goes. And this is coming from a number called Jam Skillet. And from the photos alone, <laughs> it looks like Dude, an older Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. Oh, with the tat- cursive tattoos tats- on his chest. Cursive tattoos on his chest. And Dude, now, I think I, I saw them really, at a fraternity house, too. You know, I got to say, though, when we named the... Sh- this, and th- this guy sent us into Hell's Headbangers? That's what he sent. Holy and I got to say, like... Jam skillet, what the fuck were you thinking? Like, were you even on the website? Were you on the same website? Dude, like, I bet they weren't. They probably just doing? found, like, Googled record labels and mass emailed everybody. All right. Well, t- without any research. What Jam skillet has to say is thank you, everyone who is supporting. Haters, you're outnumbered. Stop with all the feelings. And I got to tell you, I haven't heard your music yet, but I'm probably a hater. I don't think I'm going to be outnumbered once this fucking show kicks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tune in to Jam Skillet with their latest, new, greatest fucking video with Breathe. And this I is might actually have a to hope- rise in my pants. This is a hopeful signing to Hell's Headbangers Records. We're going to leave it up to the listeners to decide whether or not you want to see this sign to Hell's Headbangers. Jam Skillet. Cinema Beats. I write a lot of bullshit. I know, but this one's real, and I know it's human nature to hate, cause I hate, you hate, we all hate, but try to look past that shit and listen to the message, how many days, how many nights will it take, how many motherfucking years even care what I have to say, how many fans do I really have, how many of you are friends, how many people will appear at my funeral in the end, all these labels keep turning me down, but I keep on turning around, do it cause I love it, so don't tell me that I want them out, I know that it's coming, uh, I'm working too hard to get it, and just because it ain't my birthday doesn't mean that I'm not gifted, I put everything that I there's no metal whatsoever in that. <laughs> He did not do any research whatsoever. <laughs> dude, yeah. what the you know, fuck? Okay, dude, right. that's that's a oh. he submitted it for review at least. So I love the scene where he shot himself in the head. I kind of wish, but you know was what real. this video is? It's just a fucking bitch on why he doesn't get signed. Why would you submit like the, and this was like the video, like hey, check out this band. I'm edgy, I want you to sign me. But why would you submit a fucking video to a record label? That clearly, beside the point, has nothing to do with your league, but a song that is clearly obvious as day about re- being rejected by record labels. And to is a that not what I heard? Yeah, exactly. And a blatantly not heavy metal song submitted to a over-the-top, blatantly obvious heavy metal label called 
Hell's Headbangers. There's nothing headbanging about that. No. <laughs> this fucking guy, that fake shot in the head, he should go do that for real, because he obviously didn't do his fucking research. He's trying to whore himself out to whoever the fuck. I bet you what he did is he looked like local Cleveland labels, and that's what happened, because this is a Cleveland band or artist of sorts. This this guy's from Cleveland? though. No, we got to find him. Yeah. Get him on the show. Yeah. Yeah. We've got I got to get this on guy the on the show and ask him, what the fuck? I want to rap, like, I want to rap the interview. So, what the fuck were you thinking when you submitted this to Hell's Head Bangers, motherfucker? Don't be a rapper. That was really bad. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to attempt it because I can't do it. But it Let's do some more, dude. This is so bad. To. It's. I really don't want to. It's so to. bad, it's good. Oh, you need to What do you mean I'm talking about? I'm just as good as this motherfucker when he's rapping. I don't know what you're talking about, Eddie, because I'm pretty fucking pretty good. I'm a freestyle motherfucker. I'm doing good. And this motherfucker doesn't know what record label to go to. It's not even clever. No, it's not. I honestly, I feel I was rapping just as good as him. I think you were doing better, actually. <laughs> Just breathe. Oh, this is so awful. All right, yeah. Maybe he'll fall off the bridge. Push him, push him, yes! This is so... Dude, all right, we gotta stop. How, how, I again, just need to comment on, like, again. the sake of rap. When did rap become such fucking pussified music to where it's, like, this fucking douche sitting there ripping... Like, oh, you, you don't wanna, you don't wanna, like, sign my music. Ah! Dude, I stole him just flabbergasted floored that that guy would actually think Hell's Headbangers might sign him. Hell's Headbangers with that shit. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, I could fucking shit on the floor and it would sound better than that as it sizzled or something. I I don't know. I think we need to do a disclaimer to everyone listening out there that is in a band. Please listen to our playlists. If you think that you fit into that and then you become like that in the segment clearly labeled what the fuck why the fuck would you think you're gonna fall into a good promotion with this show i don't get it or with that label so whatever you know know what i bet it is i bet we're we're so edgy that they just they want oh right yeah they they like the controversy (laughs) well i'll tell you what hey hey yeah plug bags joining the day of release with wrath of the the Apex Predator and Pious Baptism's newest album. Sir Cloth comes out with the new album that same day, and their vinyl is going to be soon to follow. And their new album is In the Mist of Live. We are death. We will talk to you next time.
Oh, man, see.
half an hour from midnight, and you just wasted a fuckload of time listening to Hellcast, presented by Hell Slutbangers. I mean, Hell's Headbangers.